Welcome, and thank you for joining us today for the Integrated Advisors Network Journey to Independence podcast series. It's a conversation for advisors considering independence with advisors who have already made the leap. I'm your host, Linda Picks, co-founder and chief relationship officer for Integrated Advisors Network. Integrated is a registered investment advisor representing a nationwide network of more than 30 advisory practices with over 2.7 billion in asset center management. The integrated platform empowers network advisors with the freedom to focus on their clients and 100% ownership of their business. At Integrated, our tagline is ownership without being on your own. This podcast is available on our website, integratedadvisorsnetwork.com, our social media outlets, as well as Spotify and Apple Podcast and other major podcast platforms. If you know other advisors like yourself who may benefit from this series, please feel free to share it. Joining me today on this podcast is my partner and the president of Integrated, Jason Inglis. There's a lot to discuss, so let's get started. Today's interview uh, with Wendy Homan of Sand Creek Investment Partners, I thought was amazing. I thought she has some great insight. And I don't know if you can say this on a podcast, but she's kind of a badass. She's a total badass. And I think we can say it as long as compliance <laughs> approves it. <laughs> <laughs> no, she is. And she's she's one of those women that, I mean, I admire a lot of women that that we work with and do business with, but, you know, and they've all got a little bit of a unique background. And the fact that, you know, that she came into the industry the way that she did. And, um, you know, I'm not going to give too much about her story, but, you know, she's just a very fiercely independent woman. And that reflects through her personal life, the way that she does like prospecting and tries to build people up to help them build up their defenses, if you will. Great choice on the podcast today. So that with that, we <laughs> will introduce Wendy Homan and we hope you guys uh, enjoy the, the podcast. Every advisor dreams of owning their own practice and controlling their destiny. At Integrated, we make that dream a reality. So our goal is to provide our listeners with real stories from real advisors who are nice enough to share their real life journey to independence. And we just so happen to have one of those real life advisors with us now. (laughs) Joining us today on the podcast is Wendy Homan from Sand Creek Investment Partners in Bend, Oregon. And Wendy has over 25 years experience in the financial services industry and brings a diverse background to most aspects of the business, ranging through branch management, operations, compliance, equity and fixed income portfolios, and some more detail-oriented aspects of wealth planning. Away from the office, Wendy's an avid cross-country motorcyclist and a black belt in karate, and sits on the board as co-founder of a 501c3 called the Good Thought, Good Action Foundation. Wendy and her husband, Sean, reside in Bend, Oregon, like I said. So thank you so much for joining us today, Wendy. We really appreciate you jumping on the podcast. You bet. Great to be here. Yeah, it's very exciting, I know. <laughs> we usually like to start at the beginning with everyone, and this will be no different. Maybe you could tell our listening audience how you got started in the financial services industry. Sure. It's uh, it's a fun and unique story. I think my background is as a fitness counselor and I was a, a fitness coach at a small local gym whose office was 
right across the street from the then Dean Witter, which is now Morgan Stanley. So the then Dean Witter office. And one of my clients was one of the advisors who was a broker over at Dean Witter. And he knew the gym was closing at some point and I was kind of looking for a job. And he said, you know, we have this opening over here for a new accounts clerk, wire operator, just total like entry level. You don't really need to know anything about the stock market. You just need to be able to type really fast because as <laughs> the wire operator, you know, that's your that's your main job. You have to be accurate and fast. Yeah. And I said, okay, whatever, you know. So I applied and I got hired. And that's how it all started. <laughs> <laughs> that's that is the very beginning. And then um how long did you stay in that operations role before transitioning to be an advisor? Most of my career. I stayed as the wire operator, new accounts clerk for about three years until some of the advisors that I was assisting recommended that I study for my Series 7 because they could they could pay me more because I could then take orders from clients. I couldn't give advice or anything like that, but it would be more helpful to them and they could compensate me financially for that. So that kind of transitioned the Series 7 status. And then shortly after I got my Series 7, one of the head advisors in that particular office left and started a Merrill Lynch office in Bend. Hmm. And he called me and recruited me to come to Merrill. And I worked at Merrill for almost five years and decided I wanted to get into the management program. So they put me into the associate admin program, went through a pretty rigorous interview process. They fly you to Princeton and it's like three days and whatnot. Anyway, passed that. So I joined their administrative manager program for a while, came back and they, they moved us to Portland Then we relocated, came back to Bend and I was the operations manager of a small regional firm called DA Davidson. And that's where I met my partner, Bill. Oh, okay. And that's that's I, awesome. I, yeah, I didn't actually even transition until the, into the advisor role until after his current partner retired, who ran their fixed income part of the business. And then I kind of stepped into the role of, of running the fixed income clients and handling that part of the business. And Bill was primarily the equity manager. And he was really my, he was really my mentor and guide through that, through that whole thing. I love that story. I know we've been working with you guys for um, a little under two years now. And it's interesting since we've been doing this podcast, there are some advisors that we've spoke with that I never really understood how they got into the business, you know, and it's always mm -hmm. interesting to me. <laughs> yeah. And I really had no desire to be a stockbroker or a financial advisor. I had no desire because it was, it's like, it's like, how do you have all these clients who all own something different and how do you keep, I mean, how do you manage that? And Bill was the first portfolio manager I had met. And he, he taught me about building a portfolio and being the manager of that portfolio and then overseeing that and then putting the clients into that strategy and then, you know, sell stops and risk management and, and on and on and on and on. It's like, okay, this makes a lot more sense to me this is doable rather than having, you know, all these multiple portfolios that held, you know, a hundred different stocks. And it's, it's just, it was terrifying. It's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can only, yeah, it's, it's very daunting. It's very daunting. So let me, so let me ask you this. So when you met Bill, were you still at Merrill, you were still at Merrill Lynch? And no, no, no. Um, I met him at DA Davidson. Oh, that's so right. That's I right. got, yep, yep. Yep, they hired me back. We, my husband Sean and I, moved back to Bend, 
And I went to work for DA Davidson as our operations manager. And the branch manager at the time ended up leaving and he went independent. So that was like my first like exposure to being an independent yeah. advisor. He left and went independent, leaving the branch without a branch manager. And they asked Bill if he wanted to do it and he wasn't really interested. He and I co-managed the office for a while until Bill was like, I need to I need to focus on portfolio management. I'm not really interested in this and doing this anymore. So I was the, uh, you know, assistant or associate branch manager in the Ben branch for, they said it was temporary until they could find a producing manager. And that was about two years later. (laughs) (laughs) Temporary for them, not for you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So then after that, that, that temporary stint as, as branch manager, I'm sure you were probably talking to Bill in the background and thinking, um, what, what is going on? What are we going to do here? <laughs> how did that, how did that come about for you guys to make the decision to decide to go independent on your own? Well, it started at DA Davidson. It started in about 2009. Um, some changes happened and we're happening just in industry wide as it pertained to, to fee schedules and managing the advisory fees that you could collect from clients and and the industry you know was putting it out there as you know your value system you know look at the value that you provide to your clients which really meant we want you to charge more and bill had a uh, a fee schedule that he had had for years that we had been working off of that that was very 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 competitive and so we kind of we decided, okay, it's time to look around and see see what's out there that will allow us to use our fee schedule. And we we had some friends that had also transitioned, not into independence, but had transitioned to another firm prior to that from DA Davidson. And they had looked extensively at the at the independent area. And you know, that was 2009. I mean it just didn't feel right to us yet. I mean, there just wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to make us feel confident in what we were doing, quite honestly. And so that's when yeah, we that joined UBS. And we, yeah, we worked, uh, worked for UBS for nine years and um, we had a contract. And towards the end of our contract, it was it's like, okay, we, we need to sit down and decide as a team, do we stay here? Do we look elsewhere? And it just became this, nickel and diming thing for our clients that it's just, you know, you want to have a let you want to help your clients and their family, family legacy and get the heirs and the kids and, and everybody in into the whole picture. So they, you know, they can trust you since you've been working with their parents for so long, but it didn't make it financially feasible for them to do that at a large firm because there was annual account fees. There were small account fees. There was small ticket fees. There was just, I mean, they just nickel and dime the clients to death. And it, it was, it was not okay. And on top of it, the fee management stuff, not only was the fee schedule fudged with after a while, but they also started something called discount sharing, which meant that if if you didn't have your fee set where they wanted it, you had to eat half of it. And so pretty soon, we weren't getting paid. Yeah, they have a way households. of getting their way. <laughs> Absolutely. And we refused. We made a commitment to our clients. We refused to raise their fees. We told them, this is your fee. And so we ate it for years. 
Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And so it was, it was, it was time. It was time to find something that, that was fair to our clients was fair to us. And the evolution of going independent had advanced significantly since then. And so it made it, it made it that much easier to step into that arena. That's great. But when you, when you start thinking about, okay, we're going independence or we're going independent, what were your big fears? Because you can say whatever you want about the UBSs of the world, but they, they have their mousetrap and it is built and it works. And so what were your big fears coming out of that, that more insulated environment where everyone was doing everything for you? Well, number one, that our clients wouldn't go with us. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's the number one fear, but I mean, there was a lot of fears, of course, but that was the biggest one is the loyalty of our clients was overwhelming, but we had to do uh, our huge due diligence to make sure that we were recommending or or providing a place for them where their assets were safe. They trusted us. They trusted our advice and had for years. Some of Bill's clients have been with him almost longer than I've been alive. So it, it, there was a there was a deep foundation there in his relationships with him. So they they trusted us, but again, are their assets FDIC insured? You know, how are we being regulated? Do they have access to their money? I mean, uh, you know, all of those things had to be deeply researched, and and those weren't those weren't fearful things. Those were, you know, if you don't have that, we're not coming. We're not going to join you. I mean, we have to make sure our clients are taken care of. Yeah, more logistical. Yeah. So did you did you start with a big uh, search on the custodian front? Did you did you look for the right custodian, or did you Mm -hmm. find the platform first? No, I believe we started with the custodians. Um, and then it transitioned into, okay, you know, who provides the regulatory body, the regulatory arm of it? And that's where Integrated came in. Yeah, we because we got introduced to you guys through our relationship with one of our custodians. Mm-hmm. So I yep. do remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got that journey. Everybody's got those fears and those and those things that kind of push them push them past the breaking point to leave and to start their own thing. So let me ask you this. How did that feel? Like, how did that, how did that feel once you, once you made the decision to go independent and once you, you knew you were partnering with the right firm to really help you, um, you know, help support that independence. And then once the transition was done, how did that change your life? I mean, like, were you able to to do things obviously that you hadn't been able to do in the past because you were being dictated to by, by your, by your firm that you were working with. How did, how did that feel? Oh man. I, um, <laughs> if, these, if, the, li- if the listeners <laughs> right now can see that smile on her face and that look of relief that she had, I just want to make sure everyone understands that we saw that. <laughs> it's like the old Calgon commercials. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. It was, it still is surreal. I mean, Bill and I, we incorporated. So, you know, we had our, our annual, our first annual shareholder meeting in December and it still was, it still is very surreal to us. I mean, it, the freedom to manage your business, the way that you've always dreamt and Bill has, his career is, his longevity in the industry 
history is, you know, for lack of a better word, it's historic. So he, he has been dreaming about this his entire career, right? And for us to step into that environment where we have, we picked our office space. I mean, it was, everything was our decision, everything. And that was the first time that we had that, right? I mean, as much as the, the large firms come and say, sure, what would you like to do? And we'll make that happen for you. And there's all the schmoozing going on. Once they get you in the door, it's like, you know, Hotel California. It's like, <laughs> guess what? <laughs> you, know, you can't leave now. So it, everything was our decision from picking our logo to, you know, you know, the deeper things, the, the custodian and the, you yeah. know, and just all of it, you know, being able to work from our home offices because we both had home offices and the larger firms, surprisingly how that has changed due to COVID. I yeah. mean, I, there was there, you never ever would have been able to work from home without some major, some major issue or some major, you know, sign your life away and, and, and all of that, if you wanted to ever work from home. And I literally can walk across the hallway, sit down in front of my computer and I'm ready to rock and roll. And it feels, I mean, we live in central Oregon, it's the high desert, but we also have some pretty, some pretty awful winters. And so driving to the office and Bill, he lives eight to 13 miles out of town. So driving to the office every day in those kinds of conditions is a bit you know, it's a bit terrifying and really, you know, come to find out it's not all that necessary because we can be completely functional and alert and ready to go without that. And that's just one small piece of, of how great and freeing the process is. I mean, it's like taking a road trip on your motorcycle, right? (laughs) For a month, not just a day for a month. Hey, and as long as you've got it, as long as you've got your phone and your, so you can get your emails, you're in touch with your clients. They know what you're doing and you don't have to answer to someone that's dictating you how to run. I felt the same way when we started integrated. I was like, wow. Cause I had come from some big companies as well. And I just love that feeling. I love, I love that freedom. I love that flexibility. And I like that, you know, we get to choose who we do business with. That's not yeah. dig- us either. And that's a, that's a really good feeling, right? It is. It it is. You're not, you're not being poured out this product delivery system that your firm expects you to utilize to increase their revenue and bottom line, which in a lot of cases is it's completely unnecessary for our clients. I mean, for some clients, it it makes a ton of sense, but if it doesn't make sense for our book of business and and our clients, we're not going to do it. And being able to pick the vendors, pick the relationships, the the professional relationships. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. on. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those, it's priceless kind of conversations. Yes, for sure. (laughs) So Wendy, let me ask you this. If there, you know, the independent side has come a long way. I was with it in the in the '90s, and then kind of left for a while, and then and then came back. And it it seems to me that the tools have really caught up from your transition from a big firm to your firm, Sand Creek. Have you found the tools work for you? 
In other words, like the the software and the planning and every, everything that you have access to, is it is it as good? Is it is it worse? Is it better than it was at your last firm? Good question. Yeah, that's a great question. And I would have to say it's easily as good, if not better. I mean, again, we have a very simple book of business. We run four or five different portfolios, growth portfolios and fixed income portfolios. And we we trade those as a block trade. So everybody, you know, all the clients in those models, they trade at the same time at the same price. And so you have to have the trading mechanisms to make that happen. You have to have the trading platform to do that. And quite honestly, you know, at DA Davidson, everything for me was manual. I had to create a spreadsheet to calculate how many shares the person was supposed to have and then do the allocation manually. It was, it was, we made it happen. And luckily I had, you know, my uh, wire operator background really kind of helped with that a little bit. But UBS's was outstanding. It was simple. It had its a couple little quirks, but for the most part, it was it was great. And that was really on the top of our list of one of the things that we had to have. And when we got introduced to ThinkPipes, we were like, aha, here we go. This is it. Now, it's not great. It's not 100% but it is exactly what we need. It's not something that we create a model and then put the clients in the models and do all the allocations to the models. We don't want it to be any more complicated than it has to be. And the the pipes platform was really created more for option trading. So it has its kind of quirks to it, but it works for us. Bill, Bill pays attention and has alerts on every position that we own. And that particular software works with it works with him. They're easy to access if there's an issue. So in that regard, I mean, if, if you have a, a solid custodian who can protect your client's assets and you have a trading platform that can accomplish what you need to do, and then you throw in, you know, your bonus quarterly reporting with Tamarack or whoever you use. I mean, every little piece, the client management system, the client contact management system to the trading, to the custodian, you know, we go back to fears. It's it's like, how do you put all of that together? You know, it's like, no, we're just the custodian. It's like, well, okay. <laughs> you know, how do I manage my client contact system and, and where do we do the trading? And and so putting that, putting that all together, all of those pieces together was a bit overwhelming. But once we found the right platforms for all of that, it's it's very simple and and easy and works, it works great for what we do. Hey, so so I'm going to shift gears just a little bit again, kind of kind of back to you and Bill putting get, getting the firm put together. How did you come up with the name? Bill's family is from Montana, and he homesteaded. Their family homesteaded in northeastern Montana, and there was a creek that ran through their homestead called the Sand Creek. And so when Bill moved to Central Oregon. Um, he also has, if you read in his bio, he has a horse business, um, aside from, aside from our business and it's, it's called Sand Creek Bridal Horses. And, you know, we had played with that name and had that, whether it was Sand Creek Advisors or Sand Creek Partners or Sand Creek, you know, whatever throughout, you know, our transition from DA Davidson to UBS and so on and so forth. It's like, you know, our clients are used to hearing it. It has a wonderful history for him and his family. And it, you know, it was an honor to be associated with it. So 
I, I recommended Sand Creek and he was, he was surprised quite frankly, which really surprised me that he was surprised, but <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, so that's how, that's how we came about to be Sand Creek. Uh, let me ask this. So, so it's you and Bill and obviously, you know, you have this incredible operations background when it comes to staffing, how do you maintain, because e- even with your fantastic operations background and Bill's great background, it's a lot of work for for a couple people. How do you how do you manage that workflow with just the two of you? We're both incredibly efficient. I have to say that first and foremost. He secondly, he is one of the most dedicated people I've ever met in my life. He gets up every day sometimes around three o'clock in the morning. It's anywhere between 2.30 and three o'clock in the morning. He gets on his treadmill. He's usually reading anywhere from one to three books at a time. He'll read. And he'll he's still the- happily married? How do you get yes. up at 2.30? <laughs> My wife, I'd be sleeping in the yard. <laughs> well, they've been together for 20 years or so. And so she's pretty used to it by now. Anyway, he's very, very regimented. So before the market's even open in the morning, he is he's awake, he's alert, he knows what's going on. He's already looked at the portfolios and he's he's kind of ready to rock and roll. Me, on the other hand, you know, living on the West Coast, you know, getting up and, and being ready for the market stuff first thing in the morning is, is, you know, it's just the way it's been for 20 some odd years with me. So that's not a big deal. But because of the operational background and that's where my strengths are, I am the manager handling the client relationship stuff, the new account opening things. And that's very streamlined for, I mean, it's just, it's, it's second nature for me. So I, I can do a lot of the operational stuff that is not his expertise and he keeps his eye on the portfolio portfolio management stuff. And when it's time for us to both focus on that, we do at some point as our business grows, it could be important for us to bring a staffer in part-time, which ideally would be wonderful. You know, you, everybody wants your business to grow to that point, but there's, there's pluses and minuses to that as well. Right. Like the bigger your company grows and the more staff you have, you know, you want to find the right fit. So if, and when that happens, you know, we have a couple people in mind right now when it's ready, if they're willing to come on board, the thing that sits in the back of our head the most is if something happens to either one of us, right. Who steps in? Because if something happens to Bill and I'm managing portfolios 100% of the time, the operational stuff is going to suffer. So I have to have a backup plan to bring someone in and then vice versa. I mean, if something happens to me, (laughs) Bill's going to call you, Linda. (laughs) And that's an interesting thing for the listeners to know because you know, we had just started our business in October of, of 2019. And my, my husband and I had a very large trip that we had planned for years to, to travel down to Baja and ride our motorcycles through, you know, the Baja Peninsula for a month. And our business really had only been up and running since October before. And so in February, we left for a month. And while he was a little bit nervous about it, we were still kind of in the middle of the transition. So our custodian had someone specific that he could call. He talked to her before. He was comfortable with her. If if he didn't know how to handle something, she would do it. And she would take care of it. 
And then, of course, Integrated's Galinda was also aware of what was happening um, and, you know, made herself 100% accessible when she could, you know, if he needed anything as well. So that exercise just reinforced that we picked the right partners because no one left him hanging. No one said, sorry, we're too busy to help you, even though, you know, we don't work for Sand Creek. We all work together. So that was a nice, a nice confirming factor that, you know, we picked the right people. So piggybacking on that, is there any, if you can think back and say, okay, I'm talking to someone who is in a situation like you were in, they're, they're at a place, they, they're thinking about independence. What advice would you, would you give them? Be patient. Do your due diligence. I mean, it's really easy to be swayed by all the, the glitter and the, the fairy tale dust and, and all the fun things that go along with being pitched. You know, our firm is the best. And yes, we'll do that. And oh, well, we can offer all this. Listen and soak it all in. But who was it? Was it Ronald Reagan that said trust but verify? Right? I think it was. Be patient. Try not to open up your refrigerator and say, I'm done and I'm leaving tomorrow and, and not, you know, not do your due diligence. Take the time to meet the people that you could potentially be going into business with. Get a feel for them as an individual. Get a feel for them as a firm and ask for references and ask for references of people that they didn't hire or they didn't bring on so that you can have a conversation with those people about why just do your research and be very very patient with it and and trust your gut because when it's when it's time when it's time to pull the trigger um your gut's going to guide you better than than anything i think that's a thank good you yeah yeah that was a good response that's something that i think we've um we've gotten some different answers but i think everyone has mentioned that in their responses is yeah. you know, Make sure you you find the right partner. Make sure you do your due diligence, and and it's important because it's a it's a life changing move for you. But first and foremost, which is always at the top of mind, is is this going to be the best thing for my clients? Yeah, that is the that's the only thing. Yeah, exactly. Because if not, it doesn't matter how well how comfortable you feel. But if you don't feel your clients are being taken care of, you're not going to have any if you make the wrong wrong decision, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's, that is the most important factor always. Yeah. It always has been our guiding factor. And we, you know, we were, we had to make some tough choices in the past 15 years to do that, to make sure that that stayed the case, that our clients were, were protected the best that we could protect them and then offer them a place where they felt safe. Well, we're glad that you, we're glad that you chose to, to work with integrated. Yeah, well, <laughs> we, we are too. I feel like you made a good decision there. <laughs> Yeah, it feels really good. Um, and the nice thing is, if in a year or so, we don't think it feels good anymore, then we have other choices. I mean, that's the reality of it. I mean, it, it is a business. While we would like to keep that relationship nice and strong and, and, and you know, all of those things, we certainly don't feel trapped in any way like we had in the past with, you know, any kind of contract or anything like that. It's, it's, if it doesn't feel right, then we go somewhere else. If our custodian doesn't work out, then we find another custodian. I mean, it could be, you know, create a little bit of, you know, extra paperwork or whatnot. But I mean, that's, again, it's the nice thing that 
you know, we are in control of that. And that's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, your clients know you're putting them first. So you build that love with them and that trust with them as well. Like it. Well, and I always say, regardless of industry, there's only one low cost provider and then everyone else competes on service. And so if, you know, our, our, our deal at Integrated has always been, if, if our service doesn't work for you, you should have the right to leave. <laughs> you know, it's not a roach motel where people check in and, and can't check out. Um, and, and, but it keeps us on our toes. It keeps our, our service level high, hopefully. I know that you've um, put some workshops together for women and finance. And I remember you shared one of the flyers with me that you were doing last year, one of the events that you were doing last year. Is that something that you've always done or is that something that you've kind of evolved into as you and Bill formed Sand Creek? Tell me a little bit about that. That was the first women's focused seminar or event that we had ever done. We'd offered events to clients, you know, in the past, mainly focused on the markets, obviously, estate planning, family love letter stuff. But defense, that idea came to me a couple years or a year before that about empowering women to find a way to defend themselves in all of their aspects of life. And the self-defense stuff obviously comes from my martial arts background and being a martial arts instructor for seven years or whatever, and taking martial arts for 13 years, being there is no better feeling than seeing a woman or a child or a man for that matter, feel like they can defend themselves, feel like they finally have the tools to make a decision to be safe, whether they have to, I mean, the last resort is always fighting, but having the tools to make the choices where you don't feel trapped and and you don't have anywhere else to go. And that transitions so well into finance, you know, your spouse dies or, or something happens that leaves you like, well, they handled everything. What do I do? You know, who do I go to? And, and, and you're trying to grieve at the same time, you know, in that kind of instance. And anyway, I wanted to put together a platform that, that gave this group of people the tools to feel empowered and to rise up you know, out of the ashes of, of fear and, and be able to defend themselves. And that's kind of where that topic came from, you know, defend your social security, defend your benefit, know what your benefits are being married, divorced, single, know what your, your benefits are. And then, you know, the final piece was actual self-defense, like, (laughs) you know, paying attention and being alert uh, in your surroundings. And there's a very fine line between paranoia and preparedness and, you know, nobody wants to be paranoid. I am. It's just by nature. Anyway, that's kind of where that idea came from. And the idea was supposed to be, you know, in an actual venue where we could do a self-defense class and, and you know, all these people could be together and feel the energy. And then obviously COVID hit. And so we had to do a Zoom one, which was shortened. But it was great. It was great. It was well received. And we got a client or two from it. I just yeah. remember you sharing that flyer with me. And I just thought, wow, what a great idea. You get to bring all of your background into this to help people. And, and I know I wasn't able to be on that zoom, but when you do have the in-person one, I definitely want to be there for that. Okay. That is just, you know, we, we fortunately have a, a lot of female advisors that have, mm-hmm. that have joined our platform. And I know that there've been a few across the country that have, you know, talked about doing things like that and, 
you know, so when I saw yours, I was very happy. I just, I was proud of it. It just was nice to see. And, and so I just, I I knew I was going to mention that when we, when we, when we talked today, but I was just, I, I just thought that was such a cool and neat event that you put together. And thank you. I'm glad you got some clients from it. You're welcome. Okay, there, Jason. <laughs> I see. Uh, am I dreading this question? No, no, no. no. I, I always like to ask people, and it's just my bizarre curiosity. But it, it, it's just if you could sit down and you could chat with anyone, and they could be alive or, or not, who would that be and why? And it's a big question, I know. And uh, oh, this the, is a this is the interview question that everybody dreads, right? Um, <laughs> uh, oddly enough, and maybe not for people who know me, um, Bruce Lee. Oh, he there would you definitely, go. yeah, he'd do it for me. I mean, he just he was gone too soon from this earth, especially with as many gifts and tools that he had to offer. And so I, I wouldn't even have want have to ask him anything. I just would want to sit in the room. <laughs> well, I mean, his story and, and is look, and look upon him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so you're an you're an ab person, obviously. You like the abs. <laughs> no, but he had such an amazing story. I'm a I'm a Bruce Lee fan, and just his story where he came from, all the headwinds that he had, and, and what he was able to create. You know, where everyone thought of him as, you know, in his career, where everyone thought of him as a sidekick. And uh, yeah, it was um, it was an uphill battle for him in a lot of ways, at least from what I've read. And he maintained his steadfastness in his dream throughout his entire career. And, you know, Hollywood is Hollywood and trying to, you know, guide him and and tell him to do things certain ways. And and he was very adamant about, no, we're doing it like this. And this is the image that people need to see. And he was larger than life, a lot of it because of how talented he was. I mean, it wasn't wasn't like he was, you know, born and and went to karate class and all of a sudden he had all this talent. I mean, it's, you know, it it wasn't that. He he did you know, a thousand kicks a day and, or he, you know, he practiced with his nunchakus for, you know, 10,000 hours or, you know, he, he was the guy who walked the walk and talked the talk. And not only was his body powerful, but his mind and his vision were all of those things, but at the same time, very pragmatic and soothing, you know, be like water. Right. I mean, that was, that was one of his, one of his most famous commentaries just you know be like water water flows and for me that it would be that bruce lee for sure hands down well that's that's a great one i was a big fan and and i always think about because he had headwinds you know not only from the u.s and from the from the racist side and Mm -hmm. the hollywood side but also from his side oh absolutely you you know so it wasn't just like oh he it was the bad Americans. It was also, mm-hmm. you know, his culture uh, tried oh, absolutely. to try to put some lassos around him. So mm-hmm. he was amazing. Yeah. See, that and wasn't no, a he, painful question. That wasn't a bad I mean, it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> no, that Sorry, wasn't. Grandpa. It wasn't you that I picked. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wendy, I'm I'm sorry that Bill wasn't able to join us today, but I am so glad that you 
that you were able to share your your journey with our listeners. I Thank always, you. Yeah, you're welcome. I mean, we just we're we're very thankful and we're we're happy to have you as part of the integrated family, and uh, we hope that we'll be able to continue to service you guys and be your partners for uh, for as long as possible. And I just yeah. I. I I really hope that this story resonates and I'm, I'm sure the bits and pieces of it will uh, with many people that are listening, hopefully. Bill is a gem. His wealth of knowledge is, he's very humble uh, about it when he, you know, starts to talk about it, but he, he's always been great in front of a crowd. Um, he used to do seminars all the time when early on in the business. And so I'm sorry that people didn't get to experience him today, but hopefully, hopefully I brought some of him to the table. Oh, uh, well, I'm, I'm sure. No, I think you did great. Oh, well, and we will have other, we will have other seasons, if you will, of our, of our podcast series. And, uh, we're just, you know, again, thankful that you were able to join us. And, uh, if anyone's interested in learning more about Sand Creek, what, uh, what website should they, is it sandcreekinvestmentpartners.com? Is that correct? Yeah, it's the longest website address on the planet. It ours is San Cruz. Ours, <laughs> ours is integratedadvisorsnetwork.com. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Sand Creek Investment Partners.com. That is our website. And um, we have a blog on there. Uh, Bill writes a Friday email to clients um, every Friday. That's posted in the blog. There's a lot of his, you know, pieces of wisdom and how we see the markets and everything is in the blog. Anything we do just in general, as far as thoughts and comments, those that's in the blog, our histories in there, yeah, our philosophy and all that stuff. It's 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 on the website. And more and announcements about upcoming defense workshops. Oh yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I again, you know, I, we are very thankful to have had you today. Thank you for listening. To find other tools and resources, I encourage you to visit our website at integratedadvisorsnetwork.com or feel free to give me a call at 855-729-4222 for specific questions or you can email me at lynda at integratedadvisorsnetwork.com. Please note that all conversations are handled with complete discretion and confidentiality. Again, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with a colleague who might benefit from its content. This is Linda Picks, and I thank you for listening to Integrated Advisors Network podcast series, Journey to Independence.